Coming up next on WealthWorks Radio, we explore the retirement planning landscape and how one generation in particular is facing significant risk to their retirement. And we'll find out how much you know or don't know about planning for retirement. That and so much more on today's show. And now, WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney. Everybody, I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Eric Carney is here. Joseph Lenz is here, and uh, of course, we are going to have a fun time today. Hi, uh, gentlemen. How's it going? Good morning, Steve. Good morning, Steve. And uh, so, let's see, Eric. You um, you're an independent fiduciary. Well, so are you, Joseph. And and again, we've established that. So let's jump into this thing. And and you know, over the the, the last few decades, uh, you know, certainly the retirement landscape has shifted significantly. And uh, you know, we're, we're going to break this down into segments of the population that are nearing retirement. Okay, we're talking about baby boomers. Right. All right. So they uh, run from 46 to 64, but it's that the late boomers. I, call, I want to call them bloomers. Yeah. <laughs> the late boomers, 59 to 64. What what are they facing? And, and are you seeing a, a particular impact on that age group? I mean, it's still a five-year period, but they're pretty much in retirement. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, the interesting thing is, is that 2024 is coming up, and this is going to be the peak year for baby boomers. It's the largest year that baby boomers turn 65. Um, we already know that 10,000 baby boomers a day are turning 65, but in 2024, we hit the peak. So kind of interesting because this is where it kind of plateaus a little bit after that. There's still going to be a lot of baby boomers turning 65, but we have to take a look at what headwinds they actually face. And I think right now, one of the biggest things is it's still going to be taxes, it's still going to be market volatility, and it's still going to be uh, interest rates and inflation. I think those are going to be heavy hitters in one's portfolio. And we're still seeing where people have irrelevant portfolios uh, with what's going on and what's been going on. And it's frustrating to me because I look at this and it's unbelievable the amount of people that are still coming in. They're like, Eric, I don't know what's wrong, but we both feel like something is wrong, and I need you to take a look at this. Right. And and what do you find wrong, if anything? We're finding portfolios that are dated, and I'm talking decades old. They're, they're still in retail or institutional mutual funds that are riddled with fees. I'm still seeing bond funds. Um, we saw a uh, very large portfolio the other day still loaded with bond funds. And when we took a look at the actual uh, net expense ratio inside the fund, it was very high. And what we saw was the fund the fund's net expense ratio actually made more money over a five-year period than the client did. And subsequently, the advisor with their advisory fee also made more money than the client did. And so, you know, they're like, why would they have us in this? I'm like, I don't know. I cannot speak for them, right? But uh, again, we knew that interest rates sooner or later were going to go up. And now all of a sudden, you know, they're also reaching a peak as well, where it's kind of changing the housing market. So the bottom line is, is that... You have to be aware there has to be more transparency and there has to be more tools for the retirement or the baby boomer. And what I'm seeing, and I think Joseph is seeing as well, is these people are going into retirement without any tools to help them navigate through difficult times. And I, I don't understand it. And this is the frustration that I have with the, with the financial industry. It's like, you know, if, if you're gonna take the responsibility of managing someone's money, 
at least give them the tools that they actually need to navigate through all these difficult headwinds. Of course. Well, and again, but that's what you do. I mean, you and Joseph and really your whole team, that's what you do day to day, day after day. Yeah, and it's getting more and more... I, I mean, I like the issues that we have because I feel like through financial planning, through being strategic, through the income plan, we understand what's happening. And, you know, it's interesting because uh, Joseph will text me early in the morning and we'll also text late at night. Like we just see pieces of information that come through and it's exciting mm-hmm. for us, you know, so it's like. Um, you know, I'm like, Hey, look at what I just read. And, you know, he sends me stuff too. So it's, you know, throughout the day we're working together, but still, you know, even on the weekends we're, you know, texting each other. It doesn't shut off. It doesn't <laughs> shut off. No, like we're obsessed with it, but well, because you got to talk about the dolphins, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. We're going to get back to that. So, okay. uh, I mean, pretty sure we're in the Super Bowl this year, but, <laughs> but anyways, uh, um, Anyways, so, uh, yeah, there's just a lot of information out there that we're constantly grabbing. But, again, that has to funnel into that client situation. Sure. Well, and again, but in that age group, that 59 to 64, the late baby boomers, um, a lot of us grew up because, you know, our parents, you know, a lot of us had my mom had a pension. My grandparents had a pension. I'm thinking as a kid growing up, well, maybe I'll have one. I think that's one of the biggest problems. Uh, I think I think that's one of the biggest issues that the younger generations have is, well, you had it so easy. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) and, And we also see and I hate to say this, but, you know, kids sucking off the teeth. So basically, you know, they assume that their parents have an awful lot of money. Hey, I need another two grand. You know, oh, yeah. And yeah. And it's like they, they just assume, well, you're in retirement. You have a house. It's paid for. You have a lot of money. You must be a millionaire. You must be a multimillionaire. And, you know, so that is an issue that we see a lot of times as well. Wow. And and so, again, in that age group, and, and I don't mean to target them, but but I am, I guess, the, the uh, they had to deal with the 2000, 2001, the 2007, 2008. And, and again, I think that skewed a lot of, uh, you know, thoughts on retirement for, for those folks. Would you agree? Yeah, I think in the biggest difference with them not having a pension, that means that their biggest, you know, source of retirement income was coming from that lump sum 401k that they were going to get. Right. So when they go through those significant changes in the market, like the 2001s, the 2008s, those recessions that we had, that took a huge hit on their 401k. And a lot of people, they didn't successfully recover from that. Right. They got scared of the market. They maybe moved to cash. They never moved back in the market. And then their 401ks were significantly decreased because they didn't have the option to have someone managing a pension fund that was going to guarantee them, you know, the income for the rest of their lives. Now people are retiring and they have this lump sum of money. What is that lump sum of money going to do for you? How do you know how much income that you need? How do you know how much you can actually pull from that account to keep that money sustainable for the rest of your life now that somebody else isn't doing that for you like it was doing with the pension? And I think there's a lot of people that are requesting now, look, my parents had a pension. How can I set this up for myself? And so, you know, like I said, it's, it's nice knowing that you have a steady stream of income. Again, we call it that hug money, right? You have housing, utilities, groceries, and gas. And, you know, the funny thing is, is I walked out of uh, Publix the other day and I, I spent $160 and Joseph and I were laughing because mm-hmm. they give you this super long receipt, yeah. right? Yes, so, of course. So you assume walking out, you know, like you're, you're pushing your car, you're holding this very two foot long receipt and you're happy. You know, you're like, oh, OK, this is good. And you put all your groceries in the car, then you go home and then all of a sudden you get a little irritated because you're walking in the house carrying all of your groceries in one hand and you just spent one hundred and sixty dollars. And the receipt's right? two feet long. Exactly. And when you really take a look at the receipt, 
there's all this rigmarole at the bottom. You don't even know what it is. And then it's like, oh, here's what you bought up here, you know, like three inches long. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, like I said, groceries are insanely expensive anymore. And mm -hmm. what's interesting, I'm just going to throw this out there, is uh, last weekend, Labor Day weekend, we rented a, a cabin up in North Carolina. And, you know, we had a bunch of family members over, a few friends. It was a great time. Well, here's what ended up happening. Uh, I rented the cabin, so luckily somebody else bought all the food, right? Which I yeah. thought was cool, That's right? That's very cool, yeah. Yeah, for a change, somebody steps up, right? <laughs> yeah. So I hope nobody in my family listens to this, but finally you people stepped up. So uh, <laughs> so, so we go to the grocery store, we buy a bunch of garbage, right? So we come back, we eat all weekend and everything, and there's a lot of food left over. And I said, hey, you guys, do you want this food? And everybody's like, no, 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 no. And I'm looking at all this food, and I'm like, well, I'll take it. And here's the difference, and I'm not trying to be a jerk or anything, but I can afford not to take that food, right? right. Of all the people that were there, I can afford not to take that food. Right. And I was like, hell yeah. So I go down and I get a $4 bag of ice, throw it in the cooler, and I pack all this food in there. So I, come back, I return home. And I ended up eating that food for like another maybe three or four days. Yeah, sure. You know, and, and I'm just, I'm thinking to myself, all that food would have been wasted. And we, we all know how much food is out there. Oh, yeah. I don't, you know, we're getting way off with baby boomers right now. I apologize. But that's but, okay. But the point is, is that, you know what, these are the things that we really have to take a look at. You know, that is, you know, when you, when you complain about groceries, don't complain about groceries if you're going to throw away $180 worth of food. Oh, yeah. That's insane to me. So it's these things that we really have to take a look at. Um, and, and again, I was very glad that we were able to eat all of that food and nothing really went to waste. Right. I mean, that's always good. Again, it's, it's an interesting situation. And I think people face that all the time. Right. And, you know, the thing is, is that they're like, oh, you know, we got to get out of here. We have things to do. But still, I mean, it, it's, it is like throwing money away and that those are the things that we have to think about but i think really when it comes back to the baby boomers you know they also have respect for their money and it kind of comes back to that too they respect how hard they've worked for it they they respect how hard they've sacrificed things for it and so they want to make sure that you know they're getting the most out of that and it, it's really no different when it comes to your retirement you know you have a bunch of assets now you're extracting those assets to pay for your lifestyle how are we going to do that over time Right. Well, and again, folks, that's if that's a question you're having, if that's something that you'd like to talk about, that now would be a great time to, to give Eric and Joseph a call and come on in and do just that. Whether you currently have an advisor or you've never worked with a financial professional before, we're going to be taking the next 10 callers who are in need of that missing financial plan. We're going to create and customize a full-blown financial plan review valued at over $1,000 and give it away absolutely complimentary, no obligation. What this will consist of is simply taking the mystery out of financial planning by taking a look at what you're currently doing and maybe just making some slight changes. Let's map it all out. Your goals, income needs, expenses, tax strategies, and even transfers of generational wealth. We'll get that plan built for you and see where it leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your investments without any obligation. In short, we're going to take the guesswork out of financial planning. So for the next 10 callers, a full-blown comprehensive plan review that is valued at over $1,000, we'll be giving it to you complimentary with no obligation. Hey, that sounds fantastic, folks. Do come on in, sit down, get that financial roadmap put together once and for all. Let the team at, uh, at Retirement Wealth help you uh, take that complex financial world and turn it into something that really makes sense. It's your chance to get a true practical financial review. It's a phone call away, 800 
800-779-1942. You'll get that comprehensive financial review that Joseph just described, plus all the extras that go along with it. And you'll walk out with a roadmap that can help get you to where you need to be when it comes to retirement. 800-779-1942. 800-779-1942. Next up, we're going to continue our conversation about retirement planning landscape and how it affects the baby movers. Stay tuned. Hey, Wealth Works Radio is the program. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Eric Carney is here. Joseph Lenz is here. Eric is president of Retirement Wealth and uh, also an all-around good guy. Joseph, I would have to say, falls in the good guy category. He's learned well from Eric. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk baby boomers here, and, and, and that's what we've been talking about. Um, so we talked about the late boomers, and now the middle boomers, those born from 54 to 59, um, they really kind of felt the recession, right, between 2007, 2009? Yeah, and here's what's interesting about that. And uh, there's an article written in 2011, and I still remember this to this date, and it said if you did, if, if you've it talks about recovery of your portfolio. And we always talk about portfolio recovery strategy, right? Sure, it, yeah. it truly is a thing. Um, and I think that we're very good at that because we, we literally have a portfolio recovery brochure that we've written um, and we, we hand it out to people and they understand that there is steps that you can actually take to recover in a down market. And one of the things about this is, is that it said, look, if you hadn't recovered still since 2008, it's not going to bother you this year. So remember, this is like uh, written after 2008, a few okay. years after. It's going to affect you 12 years later. So if you think 2008 plus 12 is now 2020, if you had a horrible year and you did not recover in 2009, 10, or 11, it is now affecting you today. And so what happens is you have to think about 2021. If you didn't have a very good year in 2021 and your portfolio didn't recover or, or really return the way it should have, maybe that's going to affect you in 2032, 2033. So people don't understand. They're, they're constantly looking at the here and the now. What a good financial planner does is really forecast how is this going to affect you in 10 and 15 years? And so people, I mean, we're human beings, so we're always thinking about the here and the now, but really I'm thinking way ahead. And, you know, it's, it's always interesting because my family and friends are like, oh yeah, that's right. You're the planner. You're looking way ahead. Right. I mean, you know, people are focused on what they're going to have for lunch today. I'm focused on, you know, what I'm going to have for dinner in two weeks. I mean, that's just how we're built. Right. And so, like I said, I mean, things are always short term are always going to be a little volatile here and there, but long term, how is that really going to play out? And a lot of people don't understand how their retirement is going to play out. So they're so focused on the here and now, but what they really have to take a look at is, okay, I'm gonna go through dips a little bit here and there. You're, the market's always gonna be volatile in some way or another, but how does this really pan out and how can I really get through this? What is my actual strategy to get through a difficult time? And I think that that's what we really have to pay attention to. And I've, I've, I really feel like that's been um, a more common denominator more common denominator conversation that we've have been having with clients lately is look, you're going to go through difficult times. If it's not one thing, it's another. Everybody's talking about the, the 
current American dollar going to digital. That's a huge scare for everybody. Oh, my gosh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's going to happen uh, September 26th. Oh, uh, yeah, you're going to wake up. Your dollar's useless. So, I thought you it know. was August 22nd was the day yeah, I kept hearing. It, it, that's what I'm saying. It's like there's so many different dates, right? I mean, the world's coming to an end on December 3rd. Oh, yeah. You know, so it's like I don't care about my currency because the world's going to end in a few months anyways who cares um it's just it's just crazy the things that you hear out there there's absolutely no way that you can put the a digital currency into play in a few days and not expect the whole world financial markets to implode oh gosh i mean i mean mean, that's just crazy right And, and this might and this might sound crazy but this is the way i think about it and i think clients should look about it what can you do to prevent that nothing exactly so why are people so worried about this why aren't people more worried about taking action on things they can actually control right well, taking yeah. action on things like building a better portfolio actually you know doing i'll a tell you why plan. because now people how are they going to go to a garage sale without digital currency right uh you want a dollar for that we take 50 cents for that right yeah. well i don't know i mean you got digital currency ma'am like uh you know your your two quarters isn't worth anything anymore <laughs> yeah. right i mean that's gonna piss those people off let me shave off a little gold for you yeah exactly you know <laughs> what about the farmer's market what are those people gonna do you know oh, yeah i mean there's a lot of big things that are going on here so. yes exactly <laughs> and and so what 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 I think to, to Joseph's point, what what can we do? I mean, are there strategies that that Eric, that for example, that you've learned over the over the years that that with a little modification are going to help folks and are going to work? I mean, you have to be figuring out what that what your money is truly meant to do for you, right? Okay. What is the purpose of it? And it's about figuring out that financial plan. How is your money going to be in not only invested during the markets, but what's your actual game plan for if we do go through another recession, if we do have another downturn, where are you going to be pulling income out of? Are you factoring in inflation on that? Do you have taxes in mind as well? Are you managing your tax brackets, planning for health care and retirement? I mean, this is what a true comprehensive financial plan looks like. And this is what I mean when we say actually taking action on things that you can control. You can control your own situation. You don't need to be focusing your you know, brain energy on if digital currency is going to change tomorrow. You should be focusing your brain energy on, do I have a stable financial plan? What is my actual game plan for the investments in the market? Are my, are my positions relevant? Right? I mean, how many people, Eric, did we see that came in that weren't even properly recovered from 2020? Right. Right. And now we're about to go into 2024. Right. They had a huge, you know, the downturn from 2020, which the market recovered very quickly. But a lot of people overreacted or their advisor didn't make the right moves for them during that recovery period. And then they got into 2022 and it's a completely it's a whole new mess for them. Right. right? So it's just mess after mess, no proper recovery. So it's really just setting up that game plan for themselves and truly understanding their financial plan. Well, then again, I think, you know, sort of navigating that whole uh, volatile, unpredictable financial world, I guess it's fair to say it that way. Um, a lot of misinformation out there as well. Let's shift gears away from baby boomers. Let's get into some things that, that we hear all the time and maybe that you hear all the time. And we call it a rule of thumb, which which to me doesn't make any sense because it's just a starting point. It's not a rule. Um, so let me ask you a couple of questions, all right? Yeah. So fact, fiction, or somewhere in between. I don't need help with my plan. I can use an app for free and get the same information. This is going to be uh, pretty fictional in our <laughs> eyes, and I'll explain why. Well, yeah. Really. Okay. So, you know, these apps and these robo-advisors, a lot of them are based off of traditional finance theory, right? Which pretty much just says, you know, in a robot voice, how old are you, right? And yeah. Then, you know, 65. 
okay, here's your portfolio. And you know, and you have and you have sixty percent in stocks and forty percent in bonds, right? And that's not gonna change, right? There's no change to that. This is like, okay, here's how you're gonna be set up. Well, in twenty twenty two, bonds had the single handedly worst year in history, right? And guess what? They haven't recovered yet. No. So when we start talking about a recovery strategy, these robo advisors, these set it and forget it portfolios, they're not changing. You're invested the exact same way. And you know, traditional finance theory, they use bonds because it's saying, oh, you should be more conservative when you're this age. But it's not taking into account like current interest rate environments. Right? And a lot of them are going to hold those bond funds, mm-hmm. which, you know, what year to date are up two to three percent after losing double digits last year, where you see the S&P has been skyrocketing year to date and is quick to recover, just like how equities do. Mm-hmm. Having somebody actually at the wheel and managing your investments in order to make those changes and shifts in order to make sure that your asset allocation is actually relevant to in order to provide you with that recovery is crucial or else you're just going to stay status quo and you're not going to have that true recovery and there's going to be a lot of missed opportunity sure well and again that i mean there are there's certainly information that you can get through a robo advisor but again to me i wouldn't take it as as gospel so to speak well, and the interesting thing is we just had a, a new client come in and, uh, you know, they said there's something off, right? And uh, they said, I just don't understand with the, with this pile of money that I have. That my advisor tells me I'm going to run out of money in 15 years. And look, I've been doing this for, you know, over 22 years now. I yeah. take a look at things and I can kind of run the numbers in my head, um, you know, and I can get a ballpark figure. I'm like, there's no way they're going to run out of money in 15 years. Mm-hmm. Like, what is going on here? So anyways, we did our own income plan. We did our own financial plan. And then she uh, ap- happened to actually send over the financial plan that was written. And uh, Joseph, why don't you tell a little bit about that yeah, and, and, and the flaws that were in it? Yeah, I mean, instantly, too, because, I mean, we have a, a, our eyes and mind are kind of adapt to this, right? So we sure. see this. We, we're building these all day long. So she sends that over to me, and I open up that plan. And within about two seconds, I, I take a look at the uh, projected expenses that were ran in there. And they're well over six figures more than what she's spending every <laughs> single year in there. Yeah. And her, her advisor is telling her, suggesting, you need to get a part-time job. Yeah. And she's like, I don't want to work. I thought I was done. Well, why didn't he tell you 10 years ago that this was going to be a problem? She's like, I don't know. You know, why, why didn't he tell you 10 years ago, oh, I think you're going to have to work part-time in retirement? Because now all of a sudden she's like, I thought I was retired. So anyways, the long, long story short, it was a BS plan. It, the plan mm-hmm. that he wrote was so ridiculous, um, just obnoxiously wrong. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, completely flawed. So, I mean, it's no wonder that she's frustrated. But this isn't just her. It's a lot of people out there. Everybody listening out there, they're, they're frustrated. It's kind of like when you hire a contractor and they do a horrible job for you. Now you quickly assume the next contractor is going to be just as bad. But no, that's not true. There's really good contractors out there. They build beautiful things out there. The problem is, is that you have to find that right contractor that's willing to work with you. And so a lot of times... You know, people go to these apps or they disregard the plan um, just because they're frustrated and then they're overwhelmed. But the bottom line is, is that you have to find somebody that can really, truly listen to you and hear you. So in this situation, guys, who how did the how did the plan ultimately come out with one that you did? And I know compared to the other one, obviously better. But was she happy? Did she feel, uh, you know, a little burden lifted off her shoulders? 
Yeah, and I think it, it lies with educating the client, right? Actually explaining All the right. numbers, going over through them. Hey, this looks correct, right? Is this how much you're spending? Yes. Talk to them about the budget. Explain how the plan is written, how the plan is run. Have them have an understanding. You know, our clients don't just send us an email and say, hey, can you, can you explain how this looks to me? And we send them back a PDF and say, here you go. Because that's what was done for her, right? Mm-hmm. The, you know, the, the advisor just sent over the PDF and said, here's your plan. No explanation, no run through with that. It's completely different with us. We sit down with the clients, we explain everything to them. They can see the full financial plan. They understand their investment decisions, the reasoning, their strategy for why we're actually doing things. And I think a lot of advisors have either become lazy or they just don't take the time to educate their clients to make sure that they're on the same page with them. So let's go ahead and invite folks to call and and, uh, we will come back and continue our conversation. Sounds good, Steve. Whether you currently have an advisor or you've never worked with a financial professional before, we're going to be taking the next 10 callers who are in need of that missing financial plan. We're going to create and customize a full-blown financial plan review valued at over $1,000 and give it away absolutely complimentary, no obligation. What this will consist of is simply taking the mystery out of financial planning by taking a look at what you're currently doing and maybe just making some slight changes. Let's map it all out, your goals, income needs, expenses, tax strategies, and even transfers of generational wealth. We'll get that plan built for you and see where it leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your investments without any obligation. In short, we're going to take the guesswork out of financial planning. So for the next 10 callers, a full-blown comprehensive plan review that is valued over $1,000, we'll be giving it to you complimentary with no obligation. All you have to do is call us, 800-779-1942, 800-779-1942. Next up on WealthWorks Radio, it's not uncommon for folks to put off retirement planning with a professional due to preconceived notions or misunderstandings about the topic. Today, we are dispelling some of the financial planning myths in an effort to help separate fact from fiction. Stay tuned. are back on WealthWorks Radio. I'm consumer advocate Steve Siddall. Eric Carney is here. Joseph Lanz is here. We're talking fact or fiction or somewhere in between. I, I like where we've, the ground we've covered today. Pretty interesting. You know, I like when you when you use the uh, the acronym HUG, H-U-G, but it's actually H-U-G-G. Right. Because right. Those, I mean, that's something that, that I mean, that sticks with me. Well, I think the bottom line is, is that, you know, like I said, market volatility, changing conditions, um, things are always going to happen. And so, again, you know, with digital currency or the debt ceiling, things that, again, people cannot control, but they think they can control or they think it's going to have a, a huge effect on their actual portfolio. A lot of times it doesn't. And let, let me tell you something. If you're if you're covering your everyday costs, your every month, your costs are covered, and you really don't have to worry about market volatility, there really isn't an issue, right? Because things will always typically recover over time. Um, but again, this is where, where you have to be very strategic about things. But again, you want to make sure that as you get older, your portfolio is not only age appropriate, but also appropriate for covering all the things that you need. Okay. Folks, if you want to get a head start, it's 800-779-1942. So fact fiction or somewhere in between. Um, and, and this is just goes based on a lot of misinformation that's out there. And, and we all know there's a lot of that. Uh, so risk tolerance and risk exposure. Well, they're yeah. the same thing. Yeah, I mean, that that's what a lot of people think. You know, right, risk, it is. Yeah. So, I mean, how much can you actually tolerate risk? And this comes back to, you know, as you get older, people want less market exposure. They don't want, you know, their their tolerance for risk goes down. They don't want to track the stock market every single day. 
And so your risk exposure is how much are you exposed to risk? And so, you know, when you really take a look at what you can invest in, people say, oh, I want a CD. I love CDs. Look at them. They're four and a half, five percent. I can't believe this. Right. And we've actually had people that say, oh, but they're going to go up to six or seven. OK. I mean, you know, I, you just don't know. But the problem is, is that you have to remember if that is true, you also have to take a look at inflation. And a lot of times these CDs are not tax deferred. So there's a lot of issues with them. So again, you have to take a look at no matter what you're invested in, there is some kind of risk. So when you when you put your money somewhere, what kind of risk is associated to that? You have political risk, you have economic risk, you have business risk, you have market risk, you have interest rate risk, you have inflationary risk. There's a lot of different kinds of risks that are out there. And again, it is attached to each different piece of your money. So you have to understand what your risk tolerance is, how much risk can I actually take, and how much exposure do I have to that, and what kind of risk is it that I'm taking? Sure. Uh, and, and again, it's uh, so there are more than some subtle differences between the two. Um, how about this one? You're going to spend more when you retire because of higher medical costs, are you? Uh, I think that's, it's kind of in between, right? It depends on somebody's situation exactly. But I think even if we take the you know higher medical costs out of the picture, when people start discussing how much they're going to spend in retirement versus how much they're going to spend now, a lot of people think they're going to be spending far less than what they really are. Why? Right? And so people have this idea in their head that during their working years, they're spending more and they have this this whole idea of the wage replacement ratio where they say, you're only going to need 70% of the income that you're making in your working years in retirement. We find that to be very untrue, especially a lot of people when they're getting into their first year of retirement. You know, we run their expenses, what they were for them the year before, and they're like, okay, I'm getting into retirement now. How are my expenses going to change? And we're like, uh, they're probably going to go up a little bit, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like, what? Well, what's changing, right? What are you spending less on gas to go to work? Other than that, I mean, you're probably spending more on going out to eat because you're probably going to get sick of staying home all 24-7, right? You're going right. to be spending more on golf and other hobbies, boating, whatever it is. You're going to be, you have so much free time. What are you going to be doing with that free time? More than likely spending more money. So we find a lot of people, we have to change their mindset a little bit where, you know, what you're spending now is probably going to stay the same or actually increase a little bit, especially in those first couple of years of retirement where people are really eager to do those things like travel, see family, buy grandkids things, you know, they're, they're freshly retired. Right. All right. Well, I mean, again, that that makes sense. The um, the whole medical world or the whole medical issue in, in planning for retirement, that that's a convoluted spot, isn't it? Yeah, especially when it comes to long-term care. A lot yeah. of people forget to factor this into any type of retirement plan for themselves, right? And they a lot of times if their plan is kind of cutting it close where they're like, yeah, I can live off of, you know, 80 grand a year. And uh, my plan pretty much gives that to me for, you know, until I'm 90. And so I think I'm good. Well, throw a two-year long-term care event into that and see what happens to that plan, right? Yeah. Because good long-term care right now is roughly about six figures. Now you run medical inflation on top of that, which is about 55 to 6.5%. Run that out 10, 20 years. You're looking at a huge chunk of money that you have to spend. I mean, you pretty much have to make yourself broke. It's, it's going to pretty much derail that entire plan. So that's something that we have to factor into plans for clients. And a lot of people want to see that they can self-fund that event as well. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be great if you could, because that's why, you know, we've got to save at least a million dollars. That's what we need for retirement. That is true. Or is it? Or is it? I don't know. Completely false, Steve. Completely yeah. false. Maybe right. for you, Steve. You're a big spender. Yeah, but. well, not really. But <laughs> what I'm just saying is that, that but I understand that, that, that some people do need a million, some people need more, and some people can do it on significantly less. 
Well, I also think it depends on your tax bracket too. Okay. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you know, we actually have one client who is completely tax free, um, does not have a lot of money, but every single piece of money that he has, he's worked to make it tax free. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he's not paying any taxes. So, you know, does he have a massive portfolio? No, but he also never has to worry about taxes again. He also doesn't have to worry about required minimum distributions. So, he has controlled his situation. He's controlled his tax situation. And so it's very interesting how he lives his life. He's like, I really don't have any worries. Um, and so th- the bottom line is, is that, you know, I think in Florida, we live a very diverse lifestyle. And so, you know, there's, I mean, the boats that are on the water, it is incredible to me what people spend on boats down here. And it's not just the boat, it's everything that goes with the boat, the fuel, the maintenance, um, you know, the insurance, um, taking care of it. And uh, so the, the bottom line is, is that you have to take a look at your lifestyle and see if you're living within your means. And the bottom line when it comes to retirement planning is, it's not how much money you have, it's about the purchasing power of your money. So, you know, are you able to keep up with taxes? Are you able to keep up with inflation? Are you able to keep up with your lifestyle? So really, it's not really a dollar amount, it's how powerful is your money to be able to provide for that lifestyle. I like that. Uh, yeah, that's a great way to say that. And um, so here we go in the fact fiction or somewhere in between, uh, diversification and asset allocation are the same thing. They're not. They're not. It's fiction, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> okay. I mean, asset allocation is really about, if you think about it, it's about being relevant. Where are you going to place your assets that are going to be perform the best right now? Like if we think about sectors of the market even, right? Like technology, healthcare, utilities, um, energy, whatever it may be, you're working on that asset allocation or even like equities and fixed income. How much are you going to have between the two? That's asset allocation. Diversification is really deals more with like hedging your investments, right? Mm-hmm. Where you're making sure that your portfolio doesn't have high positive correlation, meaning if one position is moving in one direction, you don't want the whole portfolio moving in that direction. Because in up years, it's going to be great. But in down years, you're pretty much just at the will of the market. If one thing is down, everything is down. So you want to make sure that you have both proper asset allocation where you're making sure that you're being relevant. It's a huge deal, especially when we're in a recovery phase is making sure that our positions are relevant and are, uh, that we're not missing out on any large opportunities in the market, but you also have to protect your downside risk with that diversification, meaning you have something in the portfolio that if something goes wrong in the market, you have that downside protection and you have that downside strategy in place. So downside protection, break that down for me. So essentially, if the market is going to be dropping at any certain point, you want to have some strategy in place with the market, whether it's a different stream of income or whether it's an actual position that's in your portfolio okay. that's going to hedge the actual downturn of the market. Maybe it's a sector like utilities, right? Utilities doesn't have high standard deviation, meaning it doesn't get thrown around a lot. It pays a steady dividend. It's kind of boring, to be honest with you, but it plays a deal in diversification because as the market moves along, you know, you can you can move in and out of that utility in order to hedge the market depending on what it's doing, and it's going to provide you that downside protection. But that's just one example. Sure. I mean, again, to me, it just becomes so clear how important it is to work with an independent fiduciary advisor, uh, an advisory firm. That's what you are, uh, Eric. And and in terms of just seeing things differently than than you know, a lot of advisors out there. I'm just going to say it that way. Yeah. I mean, if you think about it, it's like what Eric said before, right? People are worried about what they're going to have for lunch tomorrow. People are just worried about getting to that finish line of retirement, getting to that point where they can actually retire. I don't think many people, and Eric and I kind of laugh about this a lot, but I don't think many people want to be worried about whether you know what their diversification looks like and what their asset allocation looks like on a day-to-day basis and tracking that market over and over again. 
similar to what we do here, right? People mm -hmm. just want to know that they're going to have enough money in retirement to live that lifestyle that they want to live. And that's what we're able to provide for clients. Well, yeah, exactly. And, and um, let's see, there's too much uncertainty to properly plan for retirement. What do you think? That's the whole reason for the plan, right? Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, there, there's the, the the great quote, Eric. Correct me if I'm wrong. You plan for the plan to not go according to plan, right? Right. It oh, sounds like kind of contradicting, but it's true, oh, right? Yeah. Whenever we sit down with somebody and I'm writing them an, a preliminary income plan to start off with, I go, "Here's what your guys' income plan looks like. Probably won't look like this exactly. Yeah. Right. This is going to change, and they're like, uh. It's going to change. I'm telling you right now. That's not going to exactly be what happens, right? There's no way to figure out exactly what happens. But what that plan does is it gives us a 30,000-foot view of your situation to say, ooh, there's a roadblock here. Oh, if you if you experience a long-term care event, you're not going to have enough assets or mm -hmm. you're going to drain these assets. Or you might need to work an extra two years and not retire so early. And here's what that looks like for your ending numbers. But this is the whole reason that planning is an ongoing relationship, right? Sure. Because things change. The market changes. Your rate of return, right? We can run an average rate of return, but more than likely year to year, with sequence of returns risk especially, things are going to change. That plan is going to consistently look different. I mean, Eric, how many times do people come into the office and say, you know what? We're going to buy that second house, right? We're in the first planning meeting. They didn't really have that idea of buying that second house, yeah, exactly. right? Yeah. Or something comes up and they, the, oh, actually the roof and AC just went in the same year, so I need to pull this money out of my portfolio now. There's a bunch of different changes that are constantly happening, but like I said, this is why it's an ongoing relationship because we're constantly factoring those in. All right, 800-779-1942. We do need to take a quick break. Let's invite folks to call again, folks. Sounds good, Steve. Whether you currently have an advisor or you've never worked with a financial professional before, we're going to be taking the next 10 callers who are in need of that missing financial plan. We're going to create and customize a full-blown financial plan review valued at over $1,000 and give it away absolutely complimentary, no obligation. What this will consist of is simply taking the mystery out of financial planning by taking a look at what you're currently doing and maybe just making some slight changes. Let's map it all out. Your goals, income needs, expenses, tax strategies, and even transfers of generational wealth. We'll get that plan built for you and see where it leads you. Let's get you reacquainted with your investments without any obligation. In short, we're going to take the guesswork out of financial planning. So for the next 10 callers, a full-blown comprehensive plan review that is valued at over $1,000 will be given to you complimentary with no obligation. Give us a call, 800-779-1942, 800-779-1942. Next up on WealthWorks Radio, my favorite part, questions from you, answers from us. Stay tuned. are back on WealthWorks Radio with Eric Carney and Joseph Lanza. I'm Steve Siddall, and we have been having a fun show today. You know, we're talking, um, uh, what, uh, fact fiction or somewhere in between and, and talking baby boomers. Um, and uh, so you guys uh, looking into the fall, uh, besides football, how are you feeling? I feel good. I mean, I think this year, you know, um, we really have been doing very well for a lot of new clients. You know, we've been maintaining our, our current client base and, you know, we're really helping people get back on track. And, you know, there's a lot of people that are coming in that feel like their advisor has just dropped the ball. Um, they're not providing them enough with enough direction. And I, th I think people just want to see positive financial direction of some sort. And, you know, like I said, there's been a lot of uh, a lot of major financial headwinds. And so that's what we're trying to go up against. So uh, again, people just want more transparency. They want more sustainability. 
Um, and they want to be more strategic, and that's what I think what we're seeing this year. All right, good. Well, but again, and I like the fact that you're still optimistic uh, for the year in general. Yeah, it's been a. I think it's been a very good year. You take a look at the S and P five hundred, um, and it's been pretty strong. Uh, you take a look at the even the triple Qs; they've been pretty strong. It's still, you know, a lot of these other areas that have not been great, and unfortunately, these are the people's that these are the areas that people are sucked into. You know, when when things get difficult. Whenever I go to my mother's, she's got Fox News on. We always talk about that. But, you know, the bottom line is that all these gold commercials come on. Well, take a look at gold. I mean, gold has done ridiculous this year. It's it's not it's not an asset class that you really want to be in. And people get so excited about it, and I just don't understand it. So when we take a look at that, I'm just looking at the year-to-date. Year-to-date, it's up 4.5%. You can do better in a treasury right now. Right. And so and you don't have the volatility of gold. But when you take a look at the S&P 500, look at how much that's up this year. So people really have to take into account taxes and inflation. And when you take a look at these other areas, they're not doing that great. So, again, I think it's been a pretty good year. I think that we've been well allocated. But, again, um, we've got to take a look at what's going on always. All right. Well, then, um, on that note, let's jump in to see see what folks are thinking out there. Meg is up first. She's in Boca Grande. Uh, She's wondering, is there any way I can locate 401K accounts that I had previously lost track of? Yeah, so there's an unclaimed property website, and you'll see it's from the uh, Treasury Department. They make this uh, look national-wide, and you'll see .gov, right? But also, each state has their own as well, so maybe if you lost it or worked in a different state, you can look at those, but it's just unclaimed property that you can search an unclaimed property search, put that right in Google, make sure you're clicking on a .gov website, not a .com, and uh, you should be able to track that down. Well, and again, you know, starting in uh, 2025, um, the uh, because of Secure Act 2.0, uh, they are... Uh, the, the, the IRS is coming out, and they're they're putting together a whole search database to get uh, to get your old 401ks. Yeah. So when I read gonna... that, I thought, well, that's kind of cool. And then I then it dawned on me why they're doing it. They want their money. Yeah, yeah. they want their money just as much as you do. Right? Yeah. That's why they probably hire... more. That's what those eighty-seven thousand agents are going to be doing. Those armed agents—they're going to be helping you find their your four hundred one k. Yeah, with a with a gun. Yeah, holding you at gunpoint. Did you get your RMD yet? <laughs> yeah. Jesus. Well, I hadn't thought of it that way. Uh, <laughs> I actually remember. Um, I mean, this is going way back. I'm, tr- I'm really trying to like put a date and time in this. But back up in uh, upstate New York, uh, my buddy was an IRS agent, um, and he did carry a gun up there, and he did, you know, he he did have a different role than you know just sitting in in an office and he was armed way back then wow um yeah and this is going back hmm, maybe 25 years um so i don't don't know exactly what he did now but i was like you know i I was friends with him but i was like why does he carry a gun well he's an irs he works for the irs but he doesn't work in the office i was like what does that mean (laughs) right but yeah so i mean way back then yeah yeah all right fair fair enough give us a call if you'd like to know some more 800-779-1942 meg um and uh, phil is up next in punta gorda says what i what do i need to do to in to correctly do a roth conversion 
without getting pushed into a higher tax bracket? Do I need to include things such as dividends and capital gains from non-qualified accounts? Any thoughts or insights would be helpful. Yeah, so you do need to include those things, right? Because you're looking at your gross income for that. And Eric and I have talked about this on the show a lot, but this is when it gets into managing your tax brackets, right? So this is what we have to do for all of our clients, especially when we're doing some sort of Roth conversion. Year over year, we're actually managing those tax brackets to see, okay, we can fill up this next bracket by X amount of dollars and we can actually convert this to a Roth. Here's how it looks in your plan. Here's what your estimated tax savings are over the lifetime of your plan. And Donna works very well with this with her financial plans that she builds out as well. Um, but it's a year over year calculation that we're having to manage. And this is where a lot of CPAs, and Eric says this a lot too, where a CPA is looking at the past, right? They're saying, here's what your tax bill is right. for last year. They're not saying, hey, based on our projections, you're going to be, you're, you're going to have $150,000 of gross income this year. The next bracket is at 180 grand. So let's convert $30,000 of IRA money and make that tax free. And, you know, the funny thing is everybody thinks a Roth conversion is so easy. Uh, hey, Eric, uh, I want to come in. I want to do a $300,000 Roth conversion. Whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah, like, whoa. you know, it's going to affect your Medicare. It's going to throw you another tax bracket. Hold on. Right? I mean, and this is where we have to get strategic. How about we come up over a time period of doing those Roth conversions? And to be honest with you, your rate of return does actually assist in doing a Roth conversion. It makes the conversion easier. So a lot of times, you know, you want to make sure that you can afford to do a Roth conversion. So again, be strategic. This is something that's implemented into the financial plan. You have to take a look at everything. Sure. 800-779-1942. Let's keep rolling here. Um, Fort Myers Beach is where Tony is. Uh, Tony with an I. Uh, Tony says, where do you keep your emergency fund? I maintain at least $20,000 in a savings account with my basic credit union, but the APY is only 0.53%. I want to make the most of the money I'm saving. Uh, leave it there. Done. I mean, you know, this is where we, we focus on, should I get 4%? Like, like, you know, you're getting half a percent right now. Even if you're getting 4.5%, that 3.5% on 20 grand isn't going to change your life, I promise you. Okay. You know, it, it's kind of like when gas goes from like $3.20 up to $3.40. Everybody's like, oh, I'm not going on that trip. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Right? I mean, that little difference is nothing, right? So, I mean, again, and I, I appreciate that you want to take a look at this, but focus on the bigger picture. You know, what is your other money doing? This is your safe money. This is your retirement money or your uh, emergency money. So it's okay getting a half a percent. You know, you don't always have to hyper focus on doing these things. And a lot of times when we jump around and we move money around, we feel like we're doing something, right? But all you're doing is burning calories and worrying about, well, I got four and a half percent. Maybe I should have gotten 5%. Mm -hmm. Even if you're getting a half a percent and you got 5% somewhere else, again, on 20 grand, not going to change your life. That's the stuff I don't worry about, right? Mm -hmm. Like I couldn't care less about that stuff. It is not going to change my lifestyle one way or another. And this is where people really have to say, okay, it's not going to change my lifestyle either. And so we, ha we really have to focus on the bigger picture, tax brackets, asset allocation, diversification, being relevant, doing a financial plan. That's the heavy hitter stuff, not the small stuff. Sure. So, I mean, but the fact that she's got 20 grand in, in savings, I mean, that's a pretty good emergency fund. That's great. Yeah. Your air conditioning goes out. You call up the AC guy. He comes in, 8,500 bucks. You're like, good. I'll pay Done. you cash. You know, right. here you go. Completely liquid. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. completely liquid. You that's know, you, you need anything. Your refrigerator goes out. Your transmission goes out, whatever. That's what that money is there for. So, 
congratulations. I think that's great. All right. Way to go, Tony. 800-779-1942. Anne in Englewood is wondering, I've heard a lot of success stories online from folks that use bonds or annuities, but crypto seems to have made the biggest splash. So I wanted to ask, which of the three options would result in my paying the least in taxes? Yeah, so this question's a little bit all over the place, right? Oh, so, yeah, just yeah. a bit. So, uh, first of all, these three things are completely different than all. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. Kind say, of yeah. as far as you can go from each other, right? She's There's diversified. completely different risks involved with all of these. And then the question about paying least in taxes is a bit confusing as well, right? So, now with bonds, bonds are going to pay you normally semi-annually, and that's going to be ordinary income tax that that pays you that interest, right? And then if there's any sort of gain on the bond, if you've held it for over a year, it's long-term capital gains rate. On crypto, it depends on when you sell it as well. If you sell it for a gain within a year, it's short-term capital gains rate, which means it's ordinary income tax. If you sell it over holding period of a year, then it's long-term capital gains tax. Now, annuities, those do offer tax deferral. Meaning if you put money away into an annuity and it starts gaining, but you haven't pulled out of it yet, you don't pay the taxes on those gains until you eventually pull it out. Now, there's also municipal bonds, which are going to offer tax-free payments to you, but they're going to pay a lower rate. So that's a little bit of a, you know, taxes on all those, but just asking about which one I'm going to pay taxes least on is a bit confusing, right? Because they sure. all perform different things for you, right? Of course. An annuity is going to most likely provide a future income stream for yourself or, a, you know, a less conservative or more conservative um, investment, whereas crypto is going to be the <laughs> complete opposite of conservative, right? Extreme risk that you're going to be holding most people hold for growth. So very different investment strategies between the three. Sure. All right. Let's go ahead and uh, invite folks to call one last time today. Yeah, everybody out there, thank you so much for listening. We really appreciate it. I really appreciate all the positive feedback that we get every single week. If you have any questions for us in the future, email us at rwacapecoral at gmail.com and send us in your questions. We'd love to hear what you're, what you're thinking about out there. If you're in a financial no man's land, you're looking for a second opinion or you want a full-blown income plan done, give us a call. Don't be overwhelmed by this experience. Come in, sit down, talk with us. Let's do a portfolio recovery strategy on your current investments and see where you stand. If you're interested in getting reacquainted with your portfolio, let's go through and run all the reports for you, the fee reports, the Morningstar reports, a volatility analysis. Let's see where it takes you. Let's see where that plan leads you. Give us a call today. Again, don't be overwhelmed by this experience. Come in, have a conversation, and we look forward to seeing you soon. 800-779-1942. Really, that's the whole goal of the show is to help you make the best decision for you. It's a phone call away at 800-779-1942. If you've got questions about what we've been talking about today or how it might be applied in your own situation, yes, Joseph and Eric are there for you. 800-779-1942. 800-779-1942. Well, Joseph, uh, Eric, always a pleasure. This is one of my favorite hours of the week. It goes by so quick, and I love the conversation. Gentlemen, thank you both very much everybody out there thanks again for listening remember you only retire once let's get it right the first time go dolphins have a great week and an even better retirement
Eric Carney is an investment advisor representative of Retirement Wealth Advisors Incorporated, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Retirement Wealth, Retirement Wealth Advisors, and this station are not affiliated. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles should not be considered investment advice or a recommendation to buy or sell any of these financial vehicles. This information should also not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with a professional specializing in the fields of tax, legal accounting, or investments regarding the applicability of this information for their situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Investments will fluctuate and when redeemed may be worth more or less than when originally invested. Any comments regarding safe and secure investments and guaranteed income streams refer only to fixed insurance products. They do not refer in any way to securities or investment advisory products. Fixed insurance and annuity products guarantees are subject to the claims paying ability of the issuing company and are not offered by RWA. Insurance licensed in the state of Florida, insurance license number P138852. Registered investment advisors and investment advisor representatives act as fiduciaries for all our investment management clients. We have an obligation to act in the best interests of our clients and make full disclosures of any conflict of interest, if any exists. Please refer to our firm brochure, the ADV2A, page 4, for additional information. WealthGuard is a complete portfolio monitoring system. Designed by determining the amount of downside risk a client is willing to tolerate, WealthGuard is added to a client's account to protect them from the downside risk. WealthGuard is not a stop-loss strategy. When the account value in the portfolio hits the targeted value, an alert is sent to the client, advisor, and money manager. There is no guarantee the exact WealthGuard value will be captured or assets will be traded or liquidated the same day due to time of day or market restrictions.